Hello and welcome to Plotris. This is Lane. This is Meg. And today we're going to be talking about To Pleasure a Prince by Sabrina Jeffries. So this was published in 2005 and is number two in the Royal Brotherhood of Bastards series. We have already reviewed book number one. It was In the Prince's Bed if you want to go back and listen to that. All right, let's go for the book check and then we'll get right into it. I want to do something before we do that. Do it. So I just want you guys to see behind the curtain a little bit. We have Google Docs where we put the book jacket, our summaries, and like a couple of quick notes to talk to you guys. And usually whoever finishes the book first, which is mostly Meg, though there are exceptions, goes through and just sort of does the copying and pasting in the outline and then the other one goes in and adds whatever. Usually I end up filling in the trope section because that's what I like to read yes. for. In this case, Meg's description of the sexiness section was so long <laughs> and so thorough, I couldn't add anything. I was like, Meg, I don't want you to have to do this on your own, but it is bulleted. It's six points long by sex scene. <laughs> what can I say? I may have thought, I may, I may make the thesis an argument that the sex scenes are what make this book. I'm not going to dispute it, but I'm saying usually I have something to add. <laughs> and this time I just went, all right, we're done. So I, oh full God. credit for this episode goes to Meg for all notes because... At least to the sex part. <laughs> because dang girl. All right, all right. All right. So the book jacket. Get into it. Beautiful Lady Regina Tremaine has turned down so many suitors that she's called La Belle Dame Sans Merci. The truth, she won't marry because she carries a dark secret. She sees no good reason, however, why her brother shouldn't court the lovely Louisa North, even if the girl's brother, the notorious Dragon Viscount, objects. Marcus North, Viscount Draker, bastard son of the Prince of Wales, is rumored to be a monster who holds women captive in his dark castle to have his way with them. He has been exiled from polite society for years. But when Lady Regina makes a plea on her brother's behalf, Marcus proposes an outrageous deal. Her brother can court Louisa so long as Marcus can court Regina. Can the Beauty and the Beast survive a proper courtship when the devastatingly improper passion between them threatens to cause the scandal of the century? I like this jacket. This is a fun jacket. It does a pretty good job. It does, especially because they both have dark pasts and motivations in some ways, but that ultimately aren't that defining to the mm -hmm. story. So it's nice that the book jacket doesn't try to imply there's some sort of scandal where none exists. Yeah. Yeah. This is a good jacket. I, I really jacket. do think it's a good jacket. And I think it's also a good jacket because it very much is both of their perceptions at the beginning of the story. Yeah. It's, it's very good. Like, it's not going to spoil you. It's a good one. Even though there are some twists in the narrative. Yes. Oh, like props, props, book jacket writer. Whoever did this one, good job. To pleasure a Prince book jacket writer. Thumbs up from Megan Lane. From what? 2005. <laughs> I'm sure you're listening. <laughs> sure it's still relevant. Uh, so as usual, we generate a random number and then write our own summaries based on that number. This episode, that number was 22. I'll start. Society's darling has a secret, but not a scandalous past. Prepare to read and enjoy a novel not featuring a blue stocking wallflower. <laughs> nice. Thanks. Uh, my, Marcus's sister desires Regina's brother, but Regina's family is close to Prinny. To protect his, protect his sister, he must enter a fake relationship. <laughs> I mean, obviously. <laughs> so yes, trope number one, fake relationship. Oh my God. 
It's great. But, but in several ways. In so many ways. <laughs> so many ways. This is, there are layers to this fake relationship. There are, and, and other fake relationships. There, oh, that's true. <gasps> oh my gosh, this book. I, I, okay, full disclosure, this is one of my favorite romance novels. Oh, uh, like, I, I can it. see why. I love it. I really, really like. This I wouldn't book. know if I go that far, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So, obviously, this book is about bastards because yes. this whole series is about bastards. Yeah. He is a bastard. And he's a bastard. Yeah. Of his. So the three siblings, if you recall from the first book, the one who gets hitched in the first book is one of the prince's by bros that the by blows that the prince does not know exists. Right. Marcus is acknowledged but illegitimate. And the third right. brother is known but not acknowledged. Right. So they, they sort of each have a different relationship in terms of the way society and their biological father view them. Right. So Prinny wants to have a relationship with Marcus, and Marcus does not want to have a relationship with Prinny. And there are reasons involving his past, but the most prevalent and the one relevant to the narrative of this story is Prinny has started making inquiries into Marcus's little sister, yes. Louisa. And Marcus is convinced <clears throat> that Louisa is legitimate. Not the bastard? Not the bastard. So she's really the child of who he thinks of as his father, the Viscount Draker. Correct. And uh, Prinny thinks that she is his. And Marcus, for reasons pertaining to the way Prinny has treated previous mistresses and byblows, has no intention of letting the prince get anywhere near Louisa, which is part of the reason he objects so vehemently to Regina's brother's suit. Yes. Because Regina's brother is very, very close to the prince, and he is convinced that it is an illegitimate suit exclusively being pressed to trick Louisa yes. into falling into Prinny's clutches. Exactly. And do you think it is? Dun, dun, dun. Regina is sure it is not. Regina is sure it's not. Regina is loves her brother and doesn't believe that he would ever do anything so underhanded. Especially when it's clear that he's done more than talk to her. Yes. That he's yep. actually potentially endangering her reputation and her brother, yep. her, her, Regina is convinced her brother wouldn't do that if he were faking yep. it. So I, I know this, it's hard to say that this is a trope, but it is. And they, they each have some deep, dark secrets that they want to keep hidden. His, the, the nice thing about it, though, is neither of them reflect poorly. Yes. No, neither of their secrets reflects poorly on them as people. Yeah. I, I actually, I really, we'll get to her secret because it's, and that's another thing I like about this book is that her secret is not kept a secret when you're in her perspective. Mm -hmm. And his secret is not really kept a secret when mm -hmm. you're in his perspective. I knew Elaine would appreciate I that. I did. I really liked it. Yeah. So you know from the first, first or second chapter what her secret is. Yes. And I, we, I will tell you what her secret is later. Um, they both have, they both have some mommy daddy issues, but more prevalent on his side. Yeah. Yeah. Her mommy daddy issues are more just that her parents were aloof. Yeah. Very typical, like child of the yeah. aristocracy. Issues. I mean, she's a daughter of a Duke. Her father was a Duke and her mother was a duchess. She was raised by nannies, nannies and her governess. Well, who is a distant cousin. Yeah. So, okay. But like in her parents' household, she yeah, wasn't yeah, like, yeah. Exactly. Shoved and, aside like and chattel. She, she loves her brother and you know, mm -hmm. that's basically it. Uh, scars. You know I love the scar trope. So do I. And he has one 
on his face. He's got a big old scar on his face. Let's think about the Duchess deal. Let's think about, oh, well, you haven't read it anywhere, but there are, uh, oh no, you have. Let's think about Ravish. Yup. Yeah, so we've already, we've got the scar on the face. We probably talked about the fact that we are uniquely into them previously. So Why don't we Sorry if any of you don't have a scar fetish. I know. <laughs> oh gosh. So there are scars in this book, yes. It's like physical marks of bravery. Right, exactly. Because exactly. obviously they're only obtained through noble means. <laughs> right. And not just from like falling off a swing as a kid. Uh, okay, so he is very much a protective older brother. Oh yeah, he is. He's very much a protective older brother. I like, I mean, and that's everywhere. You always, you do things for your younger siblings in these books. Yes. And so you do things for he and to the point that even though he detests society and is under the impression it detests him, with Regina on his arm, he is going to enter society to try to make things better for his sister. Yeah. Now, there's a one of the tropes I think that end up whenever you've got a bad boy who's ostracized is that society treats you the way you act like you expect to be treated. Yeah. So there's a little element of here of like, yeah, they treat you like you're an asshole because you're acting like an asshole. Yeah. And I do think that's always made a lot simpler than it would really yeah, be. Yeah, I agree. It's a little simpler. And I do think it detracts a little bit, especially in this book, it does detract. That's why I added um, it. So, yeah. And we've, we referred to this already, but yes, there are several fake courtships, fake relationships mm. going on here. And one of them is absolutely fake one of them is absolutely fake one of them is fake and both participants sort of know that it's yes fake. one of them is fake and in that one even though both participants know that it's fake one of them is lying for his motivations for being in it so there are layers on that one and then the other one it starts out as a fake relationship but do you think it might become more real fun fact that's the one we're talking about it's marcus and regina yeah yeah well, <laughs> It's both. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, okay. Basically, I, I said this already. I, I really like this book. This book. One of the things I really, really like is that Regina is society's queen. Like, yes. She is the reigning society miss. Regina, get it? Yes. <laughs> exactly. Like, there's no, it's not hidden. She's beautiful. She is accomplished. She's, she's not well-read. She's not well-read. She's not particularly intellectual. No, she's not the blue stocking trope at all. She dances every dance. She likes people. She likes she people. Loves she loves society. She loves talking. She loves plays. She loves operas. She loves house parties. She loves balls. Everything that you think you like about a romance hero, or a romance heroine, she is the opposite of. I in, love in another it. book, she very quickly would have become the villain, and yeah. she is the hero here. It's great. I love it. She's I love loyal. It. Yes. She's kind. Well, it basically shows that you know, just because someone is popular doesn't mean that they're mean. Right. Uh, it's great. It is. Just because someone is not well read does not mean they're not intelligent. Right. It just means they have a different interest. Yes. And a different kind of intelligence. And I mean, full disclosure, I am not society's queen. You know, I did not go, I was not the prom queen, like did not happen. And I still really appreciated this book. So I yeah. want you to know that we're not coming at this from, from people who like we were not the misunderstood queen bee <laughs> right right of our schools or whatever um, and yeah. she is not insecure about her looks or her place in society oh no which i think is really refreshing mm -hmm. like she doesn't need to marry for status yep. she doesn't need to marry for money 
she she doesn't need to be married to, she doesn't need to marry to be, feel validated yes. in fact she's planning on not marrying she's planning on not marrying and it's she's not it's not one of those things where I'm not gonna marry unless I fall in love no she's just not gonna get married because she does have a deep dark secret she does and she feels like she'd be bringing down whoever she married mm -hmm. but it's not insecurity driven no and it's not looks driven or aptitude driven or no. a need for a man driven yeah. or not wanting to need a man yeah. driven it's it's pretty good yeah so i mean let's do let's talk about what the angst is so at this point if you really want no spoilers stop here but it's very early in the book yeah so basically regina cannot read she's dyslexic she's dyslexic it's very it's pretty obvious if you're a modern reader that she is dyslexic mm -hmm. but you know she tried to learn to read when she was young she didn't succeed she is now 26 24 and cannot read and she feels that if she she has she thinks that it's some kind of uh genetic thing that she could pass on to her children mm -hmm. she just she doesn't want to get married and, and have children who she's the daughter duchess. of a duchess yes she knows what goes into running an estate yes she knows the amount of writing and reading and correspondence that's absolutely vital and she knows she couldn't do it yeah so between being afraid for her children and not feeling like she could adequately perform the duties expected of her she's just not going to get married yeah and, and the only person who knows is that cousin governess right and i think that jeffries does a really good job of making this then let's be honest it's pretty low stakes angst mm -hmm. which again i appreciate i love not having a really angsty kind of you know sexual harassment right or, you know whatever happening in our past child abuse whatever it, I think Sabrina Jeffries does a really good job of making it feel immediate and that there are stakes to it. Well, and they also talk about how, like, she went to doctors mm -hmm. and was told trying to read could make her dumber. Yeah. Or ruin her vision and make her blind or have, like, dire consequences. And they told her it could be genetic. Yes. So these aren't, like, unfounded fears where she just immediately jumped to the worst-case scenario, Anthony Bridgerton. She's you know, relied on medical professionals and they've steered her wrong. Yeah. But she really does think these consequences could happen based exactly. on medical advice. Exactly. I, I just, you know what? I like it. Me too. I, you know, it wasn't good. angsty. It wasn't between them. It wasn't meant to reflect badly on her. Right. All around it's good. Good. It's good, really good. 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 Um, so how do they end up in this fake relationship? So the book opens with her storming his home. I love it. Because he has made it very clear that their siblings cannot court. Mm -hmm. And Regina wants to plead the case for so, her brother, but also point out to him that by making edicts, removing himself from the picture, letting her just be off with the society people, all he's going to do is drive her right into his arms. Exactly. So it, by refusing to sanction... A formal courtship. Formal courtship. He's driving them underground into something that could lead to social ruination. For? For Louisa. Louisa. Even yeah. though she believes her brother's intentions are entirely pure. Right. Because Simon is a duke. He's going to get away with whatever. He's the duke? Yeah. The father's dead? Yep. Yes. Okay. I just couldn't remember. Duke of Foxmore. Yes. Yeah. So she goes to say like why are you objecting you shouldn't my brother's great but also you're gonna lose your sister acting like yeah. this is that what you want mm -hmm. give what's best for both of them by giving them your blessing yeah what at the very least as she it becomes clear to her he is very obstinate and very stubborn chaperone mm -hmm. show up in society like 
watch over them yourself if you're that worried about it, which he does not go into society. Mm-hmm. He has not, he has gone into society, he went into society as a young man, very young, 2021, 20, and since then, it went poorly. It went poorly, to say the least, and since then he has just stayed on his estate. Uh, now his sister is, has had her debut, and he doesn't want to deny that to her, but he doesn't feel that he can supervise it himself. So he gives her to one of the other bastard brothers, the one who is legitimate, the legitimate in the eyes of society yeah. and don't know his pretty kid and all that. So he's overseeing her debut. It's all going fine, but he's very protective of his sister, does not want her near anyone who's close to Prinny, does not want her near a fortune hunter who could bring their family more to light. Mm-hmm. I think beyond being personally concerned about Simon, he's reluctant to have her take such a high status yeah marriage yeah he well, wants her to she's like been raised outside of society he wants so. her to marry well and be off in the country happy exactly exactly and uh when he points out that he cannot chaperone her regina says well why not mm-hmm. just come into society and then he gets this sneaky idea he's like oh well what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna make her take me around everywhere so i'll say i will go i will let simon court louisa if I get to court you with the intention of driving her away, yes, making it so unbearable that she can't stand to be around him exactly. and will forfeit on the bargain. Exactly. But the undercurrent is that she is also someone he wouldn't mind spending some time with. Yeah, she's, she's, I mean, look, we already talked about it. <laughs> she's real hot. Yeah. You know. But and she is you know not what? the pretty miss he's expecting. No, no, no. But also one of the things I like, and again, this is really stupid. I don't know why I like it this much, but I do. He, in a lot of these books, the, the man falls in love with someone who's not his type, right? Oh, I've never really been into redheads, but this one is different. And it falls into the not like other girls trap. Right. We're like, I really like them widowed. Yeah. In this case, he's like, why does she have to be the epitome of my fantasy? Gold ringlets, blue eyes, like, look, giant tits. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, I like it. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's no. like, she was sent here to tempt me. Right. He really you know? does feel like this is a personal attack. <laughs> right. And she looks the way she does. Like, it's about him. Right. It's for him. And that's bullshit. It's so I, good. I really, yeah. I, I really like it. And then, of course, you know, they go into society and... She calls him out when she's he's yeah. obnoxious. She doesn't cower. She doesn't run. She doesn't call it off. Yeah. She's like, okay, fine. You're trying to embarrass me. Guess what? I can't be embarrassed because I am the queen of society. So suck on that lemon. <laughs> yeah. You know? And when he does go too far, she doesn't end off their association. She gives, I love it. She's like, look, obviously you had no intention of, a, of actually agreeing to a courtship mm-hmm. with me. Because if you did, you would be trying to please me. Mm-hmm. And when you try to please me, at that point, I will go out with you again. But so she's like, I'm not reneging on our bargain. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for you to keep it up. Exactly. She's so great. And, well, and I, I just really like how they do show her intelligence that way. Yeah. You know, she is smart enough to figure out like this loophole and call him on his shit. Mm-hmm. And part of the other issue, part of the conflict in their relationship is that he is very well read because mm-hmm. that's all he has. He has his estate. He doesn't go out in society. So he's got lots of books. Yeah. And she meets him in a library for the first time. 
And she's like, oh shit, this guy has got a lot of books. <laughs> we are not on the same wavelength at all, mm -hmm. basically. But it's just the whole, I just think it's just well-constructed. Well. Yeah, definitely. Offensiveness. Were you offended by anything, personally? I, like, no, not anything that we would usually put in this category. Yeah. I thought he was a little mean yeah. sometimes. I agree. Gruff, like, I could see if you aren't into the guy who has to come around. Yeah. Why this wouldn't be your thing. But nothing really triggered me. Yeah. So I, like I said, this is one of my favorite books. Mm -hmm. I'm not offended by this book. Even, I mean, there are things that if, if I didn't like the rest of the book, there are things I wouldn't like. Sure. For example, um, one of their first makeout sessions, he's like trying to shut her up. Right? Right. But doesn't bother me here, you know? <laughs> uh, I did, so I did do a little bit of research to be like, what did people not like about this book? And for some people, they felt that he verged into abusive territory, which I did not see. I mean, he, look, I'm not going to deny that he is a controlling character. Yes. Because he's attempting, I mean, the whole point, starting point of this book is that he's attempting to control his sister's courtship. Right. Uh, and at one point in the book, he basically orders his sister back to the country and he orders Regina also to come back to the country with him. Um, he did. And yes. The only thing I say trigger warning wise, he is abused physically as a child. He was abused as a child. Yeah. So, so trigger warning there, content warning, I guess. Yeah. Um, no, I don't see the actual yeah. abuse. I didn't, there are things about this book I didn't like. Yeah. But none of them would fall under offensiveness. Yeah. Um, and I mean, personally for me, I didn't find that. I mean, I suppose if you were, and here's the thing, this is a romance novel it's, it, and it's a quick read. Mm -hmm. So even if serious issues are brought up, I don't think they can be dealt with in a very deep, satisfying matter, manner. Mm -hmm. So when he is shown to be controlling, she calls him on it and then it's implied that he will do better. Now, I do realize that in real life, mm -hmm. that probably wouldn't happen. You call someone on it, he comes crawling back and says, I'm so sorry. You go back to him. He just keeps acting like that. Right. That, what's that Eminem, Eminem and Rihanna song where he says, next time, there won't be a next time. Yeah. Anyway, I'm like quoting the weirdest <laughs> stuff today, guys. My <laughs> that's, brain is that's somewhere right. else. But, you know, so I, I get that in real life that wouldn't happen. But this isn't real life. This is a romance novel. I'm going to just take it as given that he's going to reform and do better next time. Right. Because they're hero fantasies. Yeah. And a hero in a fantasy yeah. would. But, you know, if you've been in a controlling relationship, maybe that would be possible. Sure, sure, sure. No, I'm not going to negate the fact that yeah. he's controlling. It just, it didn't cross a line here where yeah. I didn't understand why she would ever give him another chance. Exactly. exactly. I will say, in terms of things I didn't love about this book, mm -hmm. I did not like the subplot with Prinny. Didn't love it, no. Um, I thought a little bit too much time was spent. I thought her brother was a weird character. Yeah, he's definitely a jerk. Yeah, but also sort of confusing in his motivation. Yes. So I think I don't really have much to complain about in their relationship, which mm -hmm. is why I would say I like this book. Yeah. But a content editor, I think, could have done some favors here. Yeah, that's fair. So nothing that would prevent me from reading it again, mm -hmm. but I think that's probably what's keeping me from being like, this is one of my favorites. Sure, sure, sure. But like overall, I liked it. I think I gave it four stars. Like it's yeah. not... Um, so, um, okay, yes, I get it. We're getting into sexiness. But basically, I, I think this book is what sex scenes in a romance novel should be. In okay. They further the plot, they further the character development, and they further the relationship. And they're hot. 
and they're and they're hot. So the, yes, exactly. Okay. It's, it's Don't not, forget the, the other thing, Meg. But and they're and they're very well written. That's all I'll say about that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you know that's not all we're gonna say. Have you been listening? <laughs> but I mean, I like every single one of their encounters. Okay. Every single one. There's and and. We have talked about this, how we we just reviewed It's Getting Scott in Here, and we're like, there were missed opportunities. This should have been longer. This should have been in a different place. This should have done this. I feel like she does a very good job of, I of it. I understand why they have the encounters they do when they do. Yes. A hundred percent. And some of them are a little bit scandalous. Oh, yeah. A little bit. But you get why those are the moments they both break. Yes. In yeah. a good way. Mm-hmm. Not break in a bad way. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah. So, I mean, do we want to go, like, literally go through one by one? I know I did. Oh, no. We're doing this exactly <laughs> as you wrote it. This was a treat for me, and it's going to be a treat for everyone else now. Okay. Well, so their, their first encounter, so they have entered into this fake relationship. They went to a musicale where Louisa is performing, mm -hmm. and she inadvertently snubs him in front of the whole group by refusing to sing a duet with him. Correct. And she, her reason is I can't read music. Yeah. She doesn't know the song well enough. She doesn't know the lyrics well enough to sing the song with him. She needs to sing from memory. What's proposed. She cannot. Therefore she turns it down. Right. But it and embarrasses she him quite thoroughly. Yeah. She panics and then suggests a solo song implying in front of the entire society, the entire room that she's, she's turning him down. Right. So he storms out of the room. And she goes to find him after she sings to apologize mm -hmm. and say, look, I'm really sorry. I really, truly didn't know the song. I didn't feel comfortable. It's not you. It wasn't. It's not you. It's me. Right. And it turns into, it's again, this is in a library. So first makeout is in a library. Which she might not be into, but Meg and I are. Yeah. But I, again, this furthers the character development. No, it does. But, but also it is a library. <laughs> so yes. Don't look at me like I'm crazy for talking about the sex scene from a sex perspective, Meg. So they're in there and they, it actually starts as a debate on books. Yes. Like, can you get everything you want out of life from reading? And of course she's biased because she has not, she's never gotten anything in her life through books. And so she's, right. she's trying to get him to admit that there are things. You just need to live and experience. You just experience. need to live and experience. Right. And of course one of them is passion. Dun, dun, dun. And so they make out. And it's, it's hot. It's a nice hot make out. It is. And their tempers are both really high going into the conversation. Mm -hmm. But they are talking through their yep. feelings. Yep. It's good. And you kind of just get why that's the minute. Yeah. It's an apology. It's a confrontation. It's very yeah. good. Yeah. The second one, probably my favorite, mm -hmm. is at the opera. Yes. So again, the catalyst for this scene is that he overhears her friends gossiping about him. And he thinks that she's gossiping with them, but when he looks, she's not there. Yeah. Apparently she did snub them for the rude things he said about her. Exactly. She was defending him and then she left them and they continued gossiping about him. And he was like, wait, she defended me and then left. Uh, so he goes to find her in an empty opera box and they, I actually like really, really, really like their conversation too. Yes. Because He's sort of, he accuses her of being a temptress and being a cock tease. Mm -hmm. And not in so many words, but he's basically like, you know the effect you have on men. Um, 
you know, you're and superficial. You just want to show your power over him. Over saying her. that in that moment really hurts her mm -hmm. because the reason she sort of fled off is not just because they were being rude about him, but because a cousin who had made overtures at her previously had made one again that was incredibly rude. Yeah. So he just made it very clear, the cousin, that he was interested in her body at the expense of her mind. And now, and that's why she fled. Yes. And now Marcus is saying the same thing to her yeah. as if this was all her fault. Yeah. And she's like, she says, yeah, I know men are into my body, but who cares about that? Like, I, I would like someone to appreciate me for me. Right. And at that point he's like, oh, but I do. And then they have this extremely hot makeout session. Yes. Like extremely hot. Very it was very hot. Something I don't know that I've read before. <laughs> it's really hot. It's really hot. Um, let me just say that he is very tall. And, uh, you know, this is because of, uh, because he's Prinny's bastard. And I guess Prinny was historically very tall. Yes. Like actually tall. For the time period, yeah. Anyway, so he, Marcus is super tall and he has to go down on one knee to make out with her. <laughs> it's very hot. Yes. The one thing that is annoying in this scene is that the opera has an orgasm, but she does not. Yes. Like the opera swells to a climax of an aria, and then that she's like, oh shit, that's the end of uh, act one. We gotta get out of here. We gotta talk. go. And I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> it was. The setting was perfectly set. What, like, the, their hookup in that moment is both a reassurance and a validation, but also like a new understanding. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. It's okay. really good. Okay, third makeout is carriage makeout. If so. you're wondering if these are labeled first makeout, second makeout, <laughs> third makeout, they, they are. are. <laughs> I so. died when I saw this. <laughs> I'm so glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> So it is a carriage makeup, which mm -hmm. as uh, all of our listeners know, they are our like. favorites by default. Yes. So you already have checked off box number one for us. Yes. Um, but what else uh, I love in this scene. So basically she, he's running away and she wants to stop him because he's running away from having a conversation mm. and she's like no we have to talk you cannot just run away from me right now right you don't get to be a dick yeah exactly so she gets in the carriage to continue the fight which props to you regina do it girl yep so they get in there they continue the fight and um they sort of resolve the fight and she's saying i don't know how it comes up exactly but basically it comes up and he denies ever having been attracted he's to her. mad at her he's mad and at he her. wants to like hit her where it hurts and he's yeah. still making the mistake of thinking she's, she's defined by her, her vanity her right mm -hmm. so he's like i i just did it because you wanted adventure i've never been attracted to you and she's like ever she's like really she's like maybe if you said i lost interest in you i would believe you but um were you in the opera box <laughs> because i was and there were some things that I don't think were fakes. Yes. And so she like starts taking off her gloves. Mm -hmm. and it's and oh, and she she like does something like she shifts mm -hmm. so that her cleavage is more her visible. Cleavage is more visible. And he like looks at it and she's like, men are so predictable. Yeah. Like yeah, it's just so good. She's she immediately calls him on his bluff. Yeah. She doesn't let his and maybe this is where people think he's abusive. I don't know, but 
he definitely has a personality that when he's backed into a corner, he lashes out and yeah. tries to strike where it'll hurt. Yes. And her personality is to respond with, he is doing this out of fear and pain, not out of actual feelings about me. I'm going to acknowledge that and try to help him work through it rather than being mad at him about it, even when being mad would be a valid choice. Yeah. So... I don't mind it. Yeah. And in this scene, especially the fact that she responds by, okay, so me, you know, seducing you won't bother you. <laughs> taking off my glove. You don't see the, the gesture here, but Lane is taking off her glove. I am taking off my gloves. And he is here for it, but yes. also he hates himself. And yes. it's just so good. Yeah. And then, so then they start making out and then he turns the tables because he wants her to answer a question for him. Mm -hmm. And he does so by withholding his kisses and caresses. Look, I'm not going to argue with it. It's great. I loved it. It would have worked. Yeah, and like he's like, so then why did we do it? And she's like, because I think you're hot. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, uh, are you going to keep kissing? He's like, oh, yeah, sorry. I forgot, <laughs> forgot we were making other. Well, because he thinks he's disfigured. Yeah, of course. Because of the scar the on his scar. face. When, as we all know, manly and sexy. Correct. Okay. Uh, I'm glad we've agreed. <laughs> next bullet point, first sex. So this follows, they get married. Because they get Because they're in, the, they're in the carriage together. Mm -hmm. um, and did some scandalous things in the carriage as we just talked and her brother catches them <laughs> right <laughs> worst person worst person to catch you in carriage makeup obviously yep. your brother uh because okay. like there's gonna be a duel if there's not a wedding yeah yes there's gonna be a duel and of course she doesn't want either of them to get killed it's a whole thing <laughs> as it would be it's a whole thing so they get married and of course it's the wedding night and it fall a Maybe this book does fall into the trap where a lot of their makeup sort of stem from misunderstandings and then this is how we make up. But they resolve the misunderstanding yes. as then they make out. Exactly. It's like, cool, we're in close, close proximity talking it out like adults. Yes. But now we're just in close proximity. Yeah. Shit. You're right. So what happens to, what's the catalyst here is he has made her, this has had made for her this amazing harp. Yes. And he has a scandalous Can inscription. We just, yeah, this let's is talk not, about it. we need to talk about that whole scene, but I want to back up just a smidgen. Okay, okay, we're backing up. So he grew up being acknowledged by the Viscount, which is how he ended up a Viscount himself. Yes. Um, and his father loved him and his sister and was sort of indifferent to their mother in some ways while yeah. his mother was off having affairs with Brittany. But so the father built this, like, Ottoman style, Russian style yes. palace yes. with all of these minarets on the estate. Yes. And that's where they all go play as children. Yes. And so Marcus uh, on their wedding night takes Regina to this like tiny palace of this in the middle of England. It's great. It's, it's great. So weird. Like and, it, and we talked about it came sex out of cabin. nowhere, but it was so funny. It was, we talked about sex cabin. This is sex cabin. Also because he has some scandalous paintings in the sex cabin. Yes. This so. is a sex cabin that has minarets. It's I would be about that. So I just, I need to describe that to set the scene okay. for you. We're not in a random room. No, no. We're in this palace. Palace. And he had this harp made. Because she plays the harp. And he had a very sexy dream about her playing the harp. Naked. That he told her about, which, again. Weird. But great. But great. But I'm saying conversation. Yeah, yeah, very odd. Yeah, I know. A conversation, huh? So he built her the harp. Again, oh, gosh, I, it's just it's just well done, too, because yeah. they had a conversation about something. So guess what? He made her a gift based on a conversation about a shared interest. This is a real relationship. But so he puts a very naughty inscription on the harp, and she, she says, what do it. you think? And she can't read. And so... 
of course he gets he's first she was like it's really nice and he gets upset that it's not a proper response to that so he so thinks she's rejecting it right and finally it comes out she you know i can't read <laughs> like sobbing and um again i feel like these this is well done low stakes angst yes so and then he's like oh he's like that's it that's the only that's what you're worried about so then he reads it to her so he reads it to her and she's like oh well then that is hot why don't we hop in this convenient bed over here Yes. Also, this sex scene has maybe perhaps my favorite conversation on the subject of defloration, mm. which is, she was like, I don't think this is going to work. And he says, don't worry, men have been doing this for generations. And she says, not to me. <laughs> and that men have been doing it for generations line, I think is pretty standard. Oh, it's in so many, <laughs> but it's the, in so many books. But the response of not to me is priceless. I loved it. What I also really like is the next morning she gets my... Uh, she gets up before him and does like try to play the harp naked to like yeah. fulfill his fantasy and she's just like this sucks she's like i did it for you and that's the only time ever harps are not meant to be played naked because this ouch. is uncomfortable no. i am in pain you got one visual dude <laughs> and i was it was just a fun callback and a real sense of humor yes and like similar with like it was a callback within the plot yes. while being very sexy i liked it i yes. really like it and then of course there's one final sex scene and it is a bit heavy-handed, but they resolve the major conflict of this book through the sex scene. I didn't love this one. I'm not going to lie. So, as we mentioned, he has a traumatic past pertaining to his mother's relationship with Prinny, and he Look, was abused, and they go back to the site of his abuse. This does fall a little bit in the Outlander category, which Lane and I um, do not like. We're not going to get into it. I'm but, amazed with all the Scots episodes we've done recently that somehow yeah, yeah, yeah. Outlander hasn't come up. But uh, but if you're going to have tr your trauma be healed by sex, this is the way to do it. I, I just would have passed on this one. Yeah. I wish this hadn't happened. Sure. I, I do think it's a little heavy-handed, but I really liked the role reversal in it. Where So remember a carriage scene? He sort of blackmails her into answering him by withholding mm -hmm. sex. She does the same thing here. Yep. This is how she, she's like, you need to answer my question. He's like, come on, like, let's, let's do it. And she's like, I will do it once you answer my question. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, I see what you're doing. I, I like it. Yeah, I just, this was the one I would have passed on. Sure. Like, I think the combination of the weird tertiary characters, like a little too much side plot. Sure. And this sex scene is what took it down from a five to a four for me. Sure. But I liked it. Like overall, very, very much yeah. recommend this book. It was better than the first, but the, you need to read the first. Uh, maybe you do. I don't know. I'm so, I just, I really like this book and I do reread it. And again, I've talked about how I do this. I will skip the parts that I don't like. So sometimes I'm like, eh, Louisa, you know. Well, and you might be able to skip the first books on subsequent rereadings. Yeah. But I do think reading them in order and understanding the dynamic between the brothers yeah. and like the way they all have a distinct relationship yeah. with their father is beneficial. Yeah. So I will say I own two of the three books in the series. And it's the last one two. And the next one. I do, I do really like these two. So. I can see why. Yeah. This And this one is probably my favorite. And again, one of my favorite romance novels because of the way the tropes are used, I think. I think when I reread this and skim the parts I don't care about, I will like this even more. Yeah. So uh, if you, I hope that you also will like it. It is one of my favorites. You should give it a listen. Highly recommend. Thank you always for listening. Wow. You, you do it. I can't Thank talk. you always for listening. And if you like our podcast, you can rate, review, 
and subscribe. Thank you.